Welcome to Exploring Possibilities. I'm your host, Cheryl Sitz. Since 2012, Mario Rosales of Tech Life Balance and I have been airing inspiring, insightful conversations with all kinds of change agents who are raising the vibration on our planet. It's the intention of our show to explore possibilities and shift perspectives in holistic, spiritual ways. You'll hear how various industry experts discover and share their deepest passions to make a bigger difference in the world. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And do me a favor, please come back and rate the show so that new people can find us. We'll introduce our next guest in just a moment. Have you ever gone to a social media seminar and you have the online experts telling you, get a blog, get a website, get on social media, all this other stuff. By the time you're done with that seminar, that online expert is very good at frying your brain. The funny part is, you come back home, you get in front of the computer, and you're lost. Hi, I am Mario with Tech Life Balance. I see this all the time. You spend so much money and still don't know what is going on with your online presence. And you know, you probably don't need all of that. Let me go ahead and translate Geek to English for you and show you what you really need because you don't need it all. You probably only need a few components. You have a great message out there and I would like to hear it, and I definitely want to help you put it out there. I am Mario Rosales with TechLifeBalance.net. I produce this podcast because I love distributing messages. Let me help you distribute your message. Hi, it's your host, Cheryl Sitz. And when I'm not doing this podcast, I really enjoy coaching you on how you can have the life you really want. As creators of our own reality, there's a lot of ways that we can block ourselves, hold ourselves back, or just not get really clear on what it is we want. Once we do that, there is no stopping us. I'd love to help you do that. Get in touch with me at CherylSits.com. The next issue of our digital magazine comes out tomorrow at journeyofpossibilities.com. It features great articles and videos on our stay at Tiny Texas Houses. Our theme this time is less is more, unless it isn't. Our contributors played with that topic, and it's all yours absolutely free starting tomorrow at journeyofpossibilities.com. You can also check out past issues there as well. I hope you're enjoying our Conscious Couple series. Around the same time we originally featured last week's guest, Ariana Joy, we also featured a show with today's guest, my dear friend Paul Satoris, lovingly nicknamed by his community, the Pauly Lama. He's a transformational life guide on a mission to build heart-centered communities by sharing indigenous wisdom with his beloved, Amy. His shamanic approach involves sound, supportive supplements, sacred plants, and community. After 15 years as a professional poker dealer, and yes, we are going to ask her about that, Amy Renee, mother of two, had a midlife wake-up call in 2015 into alternative healing, sustainable living, and becoming a shamanic mesa carrier. She blends these with spiritual life coaching on a mission to create heart-centered communities, sharing indigenous ways as we grow together and raise our vibration. It's kind of easy to see how these two ended up together, and they make such a lovely couple. Polly and Amy met when she was passing through her hometown of Kansas City between volunteering in New Orleans and taking a one-way flight to Northern California. They stayed in touch by phone until she returned, and they began spending time together. Amy says, and I quote, This guy was opening my heart with the medicine he shares. Though I was afraid, spirit had brought someone into my life that cares for life's overall well-being, gets that community is medicine, and opens hearts with the sounds created through him. Amy and Polly, welcome. 
Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So glad to have you. Amy, I'd like to start with you since we've gotten to know Polly a little bit, and I am going to link to that last interview, and we'll catch up with him a little bit more in a minute, but I'd like to get to know you and how a professional poker dealer comes into this holistic path. Tell me a little bit about your journey. Oh, my goodness. Numbers have been a huge part of my life. Um, I'd look at the clock, it'd be 111, 222, 333, so on. And it got to the point where at first I thought it was a coincidence, but it was happening way more than just a coincidence. And then I became mindful of what thoughts I was having when I was seeing these. I felt like there was just, there's something about these thoughts. And I started paying attention and kind of following them in a sense. And that led into the shamanic apprenticeship that came into my life. It led into healing through food is the best way I'm going to describe that. So whether it be sustainable living, which eventually turned into holistic living, I just knew that the casino lifestyle was, that was not my life calling. And I just followed my passions and followed my heart. And here I am today. (laughs) How did you first get into that? I mean, there's probably people going, wow, that's a cool career to even, how did you stumble into that career in the first place, the poker dealer? Oh, you know, I had a, uh, my sister-in-law, my ex-sister-in-law, she um, was the first one that got a job in the casinos when they first opened up. I started out in valet and I had three different jobs. I was always working more than one job. And she told me that if I took the poker class that I would only have to work one job because the money that was made was really good. And so I uh, signed up for the class. And uh, the same day that I learned that I signed up for the class, I also learned what hands beat one hand, what hands. I knew absolutely nothing (laughs) about poker. And it just so happened that um, apparently I was good enough at math and knew enough that they allowed me to take the class. And after six weeks of this class, I auditioned and... And I passed. And for the first three years that I dealt poker, I was very quiet, very shy. So that was kind of what I'm going to call a transition in my life to help me open up and grow. Because from being a kind of a shy, quiet person in that atmosphere, eventually I opened up and I'm able to speak to community and society. Um, whereas before I probably would have just been in the corner, just being quiet. Isn't it neat to look back at an era of our life and go, okay, that has nothing to do with what I do now, but it helped prepare me for life in this way. Like I, uh, I, I think everything has a significance in our life if we look back at it. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Well, that's really fun. And then why were you flying on your way to Northern California? What happened that you actually passed through town and connected with Polly. How did that work out? Okay. So (laughs) I was going through some huge, huge changes in my life. I was going through what I call a breakup and I was allowing my ex to kind of rent my house. And I went to New Orleans for seven weeks to volunteer with um, Capstone to learn more about growing food and uh, honey, how to make honey to rescue the bees. And just uh, he also has an aquaculture system. So it was just following that guidance again. 
I came back because I had decided to go ahead and sell my house. I wanted to kind of wrap up whatever I needed to back home. But while I was in New Orleans, I have what I'm going to call a spiritual friend that lives out there. I felt that I was supposed to go out there and to kind of take care of some unfinished business. And so just last second, like, okay, I'm going to do this. And so I booked a flight. Um, the last week I was in New Orleans, came back home to take care of everything I needed to back here. And during that one week I was home, I uh, was spending some quality time with my sister. So I figured what better way to spend time with my sister than to go up to Heart of the Dove, which is um, what I call Alternative Healing Center. And they have a First Fridays event where they'll have live music and all kinds of different people that do, whether it be massages or energy work, art, just all kinds of different fun stuff. And so that's where I took her to enjoy uh, the first Friday's event. And they had Curtan taking place that night, which is just, just beautiful, heartfelt music. And we went upstairs to check out the different rooms and what they had going on. In this one room, which I had actually taught a class in, it had they had turned it into myofascia room. And I had never heard of myofascia, but my sister had. And so she went ahead and got up on the table, and I sit down. There's this guy in the room, so I start talking to him, and he was telling me about his experience and what that was like for him. We just, we had so many things in common. I knew that I wanted to stay in contact with him. So we exchanged numbers or information, and before I was leaving the room, he had spoke to me about the zeros in my phone number and what they meant. And I was like, oh my gosh, this guy knows something about these numbers that have been a huge part of my life. And so uh, that was just exciting, and uh, my sister and I went on our way and spent the rest of the evening hanging out. And... Polly and I kept in contact through email. I went, I went ahead and went to California and worked with the medicine man out there for a little bit. Is that where you picked up on becoming a shamanic Mesa carrier? Because I was also going to ask you what that is and where that came into your path. Okay, no. So I was still working at the casino. The word shaman came into my life, I'm going to say probably about three or four years ago. And I was watching a show, and that's where I, I heard the, the word shaman. And I felt immediate connection to it. I didn't know what it was. Um, and I researched it a little bit and found out they, they were kind of the doctors before Christianity came around, that they believed that the sunrise and the sunset had a lot of healing powers. And so... I reached out to someone in community that came up whenever I typed in the word shaman and told him I was interested in learning a little bit more. And he referred a book to me called The Way of the Shaman by Michael Harner. Well, I'm not much of a reader, <laughs> so I got a little bit into the book and just kind of lost interest. Um, and I'd receive emails here and there about the different ceremonies that they have. They have like summer events and they have a winter, the solstice and the equinoxes. 
I was afraid to go because the address of where this was located was on Kill Creek Road. So I thought it was like a cult or something. (laughs) (laughs) And so I just kind of let it be. But I was very, very inspired. Well, I was dealing cards at one of the tables when one of the players was speaking to another lady about who her angels were. Apparently, (laughs) angels speak to this guy. And I was like, okay, this is a little different. But he ended up telling her that one of her angels was the same name of her mother that had just recently passed away. And I saw how much that touched her. And a couple days went by and he came back in and I told him I thought it was really cool for what he had done to that lady. And I saw, you know, how much impacted her. And he asked me if I was interested in knowing about mine, who my angels were. And like I said, I was skeptical, but I was like, sure, why not? You know, what's it going to hurt? So I'm sitting down till another half hour at a game and I have this image of the rabbit from Alice in Wonderland come in my head. I'm late. I'm late. I'm late. Cause I am someone who is always like right on time. And then I get up from the table and I go over to him to speak to him. I'm on break now. And he tells me, he asked me if I have cats that he has had an image of the Westshire cat, what's I can't even speak. Uh, the name of the cat from Alice in Wonderland comes into his head. And I was like, how funny is that? And so he continues and he tells me that I have five angels, that most people only have two. I ask him, okay, so what's my life purpose? Why am I here? And he tells me, I already know. He's like, you just need to meditate on it. And then in that moment, the word shaman came back into my mind. And um, I, even though I was a little afraid to go, he had talked to me like, well, can someone go with you? You know, that way I wouldn't be so afraid to go. And so I ended up taking my, my two sons who were teenagers, older teenagers at the time, with me. And whenever I went to the uh, summer event, I felt right at home. It just... It felt so good, and the cer- the earth-honoring ceremony that took place was just like, wow, I was blown away by the work and the community that that was present there. And this and, led you to, the, the, to becoming a Mesa carrier? Well, the Mesa carrier was, so it's a Pachacuti Mesa tradition. So it's two Peruvian traditions brought together by Don Oscar, and he worked with two different shamanic practitioners. So the Mesa is what I'm going to call a, um, it's a reflection of self. They work with, uh, we work with a direction in the South direction for mother earth in the West Mama Kia, which is grandmother moon waters. The North would be spirit, air, feather, um, the sun in the East for as Entitaita. And in the center of all that is self, um, where all the elements come together, spiraling within. And so it's just, it's a way to not only honors the earth, but it's used for 
personal and planetary healing. So, but like, but but the thing you took your kids to that was the Pachacuta Mesa. Yeah, that or... was yeah that was that was the Pachacuti Mesa shamanic summer link up event, and so that yeah that's when I was there. Um, at the end of it, they spoke about an upcoming apprenticeship, and on the flyer, one of the email addresses for the teacher had 777 in it. <laughs> and that is how I knew that's exactly where I was supposed to be. That's so and cool. So I signed up for the apprenticeship and some major changes took place over that entire year. <laughs> lots of, um, lots of shifting and uh, really getting to know who I was. Um, yeah. Wow. Well, we heard a little peek from Polly. So I definitely want to check back over. Hey, Polly. Thanks. <laughs> thanks for being patient while we get to know Amy a little bit. Tell us what's been going on with you since you were on the show three years ago. Man, uh, I can't believe it's it's been that long. Um, <laughs> well, it's been a journey for sure. The ups and downs. I think for the most part, um, things have been going really well towards the end of 2016. You, Mario, and some now really good friends and I went to Peru. Yeah. And that was and that was absolutely amazing. <laughs> Very magical. A lot of things crystallized for me. And I came back and integrated that. And then 2017 came along February 2nd. And my uh, fiance called it off. We had been uh, together for nearly a decade, and and it was it was it was tough for me. I'm not gonna lie. I I was operating under a lot of assumptions, and did not realize it was where it was at. We never had a conversation of where we were at as far as how bad it was. You know, um, I feel like I'm in a community that has all the tools to deal with the hardships and turn it into gold and make the relationship stronger and better. And I didn't realize she kind of wasn't on the same page about it. And, and I wasn't on the same page either. I mean, for all intents and purposes, I really should have known that it was, it was over. And it seems like everybody else in community kind of knew it was over, but me and, but you know, that's my work. And and it, and it happened to be like during my Saturn return as well, my Saturn return, which happens like every 29 years. So really quite a very, uh, another synchronistic moment. And, um, tell me a minute about that Saturn return. Cause some of us may not know that don't follow astrology the same way. What does that mean to you? It's a very transformational time. If I, if I make up, if something's not working, in your life as a Saturn, as a Saturn return comes, which, you know, only happens about a couple times in someone's life. Um, things that aren't working are going to get tossed out and replaced with new and better ones. Mm -hmm. So this happened, uh, my, my fiance left and, you know, it, it took community to kind of help heal all that. You know, she left and I was left with, um, 
the house and needed to kind of tighten my belt and get rid of stuff that I didn't need anymore and and keep what was working. And I think you you guys even were uh, connected with me. You know, she broke up with me on February second, which is Groundhog's Day. So you were like, you were like, have you checked out Grand Groundhog yeah. Medicine yet? You know, <laughs> like like the Groundhog Groundhog Totem. And that was really uh, quite a a nice um, animal medicine. Actually, you know, for me, I discovered it's all about death without dying. You know, because they hibernate. They're also all about boundaries. So every night when I was alone, I would close my eyes and imagine myself as a groundhog at the edge of my hole as I'm, you know, sleeping under the covers and imagine myself at night, you know, just picture a scene as if I was a groundhog and I would go go in my hole and hibernate for the night. And they're also about dreams, too, which I'm also big into. They've given me lots of guidance. And so it was, uh, you know, like just typical life. Like it's tough, but it was it's just all meant to be. And I'm always held, even when I feel like I'm not being held. So it was, it was great to kind of embody the groundhog medicine during that time. Yeah. Thank, thank you. I just want to say real quick, thank you for sharing how we can use animal medicine. Because we haven't really done a show on animal medicine. It kind of comes up in different shamanic chats that we have, but that's a great example for how you used it to get through a time. And it's also interesting that you're sharing about a breakup on a conscious couples series, because there's so much there for us, because I think we learn and grow through each, not only initial initiating a new relationship, but also through the breakups. So, so that's really powerful. And, and maybe a couple of things that really were powerful lessons for you through the breakup. How did you learn through being a conscious person going through a breakup? Right. Um, <laughs> I learned how unconscious I was, and how, I, <laughs> how, I, uh, how that worked. You know, I mean, with, with every thought comes with it, it's equal and opposite thought. So, you know, if, if, I, if I make up I'm conscious, then there's been the journey of unconsciousness in order to come out of the unconsciousness. Uh, yeah, I just, we, we had met, you know, nearly a decade ago, my ex-fiance and I, and about a year or two in it is when I really started uh, taking off in my spiritual work and found a community that gets together and accepts everyone's uniqueness that is there and 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 in that tools are created to apply into life circumstances and I didn't it took off so well like I didn't realize how I was I that wasn't what my partner and I w was doing it I was I was okay with how it was and I thought and 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 it is okay but I thought in that, like, that's what was making us stronger, and that's our uniqueness of the relationship. And and I had just been kind of, you know, continuing on a path to waking up, and I didn't realize, I didn't realize what I was, what I was missing out in that I now discover in Amy how, you know, Amy's into the stuff I am. Right. We have kind of the three pillars. We have like the three pillars that I, you know, which may which I make up will change, but. The three pillars I think that makes a relationship strong is is communication, a common goals or a common path, 
and uh, friendship. Like my ex-fiance and I are friends and we were friends. We still are. But there are some signs looking back. I realized we weren't really like best friends. So even though we were friends, I, I didn't realize we weren't really friends until I met Amy. And the friendship is a really huge part because it's what holds the shadow. That friendship is what helps me have compassion for Amy where like maybe I didn't have the compassion for my 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 ex at the time. So the I don't know. So and that was one of my intentions when when I when we broke up was it's kind of like I get to this point where it's like all right, you know, spirit everything I've done up until now does not work and at this point I could like never be with a woman and be happy but if it's meant for the betterment of myself and the world then you're going to have to find her and and, I, and I'm open to it and then and then in, and then in comes Amy and she embodies the mental list that I kind of requested you know it's like this like kind of humble command that I I I gave to the universe and she called back with Amy and it's it's been it's been quite a journey it's 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 amazing thank you for sharing so much of that and i feel like it's just as important to this series about conscious coupling and conscious relationships to speak to the many people that are one is conscious and on a path and the other may be conscious but on a different path that they don't overlap a lot or maybe unconscious and doesn't really want to have anything to do with that and they don't all necessarily have to end. But as you say, it needs to be this ongoing communication of I'm here and you're there. Are, are we okay? I have friends in this path that are in what I consider to be in that respect, kind of an uneven relationship. And they have that open communication with their spouse and they're both at peace with where each other's at. And that's their path right now. And so I certainly don't want to project to anybody by this interview that you need to be with a conscious partner if you're on a conscious path to be happy and you're not going to be happy otherwise and whatever. But for you, you saw where it led you and said, I'm going to take a different path. And now you're seeing the difference and the contrast in that. And that's really powerful and such a beautiful thing. I've been there. I'm doing the same thing. It's amazing. And like you say, there's, there's so much to that core friendship. Amy, kind of tell me how you feel about the two of you together as you glance back at anything else that you've ever had in your life. Like what is this conscious relationship meaning for you that's really different for you? You know, I had no idea that a relationship like this could exist. To find someone that has not only similar interest, just to be mindful about what is being felt and owning that for what's kind of come up for me is like whenever I have a trigger. So if I get upset or bothered by something, even though it may have took place because of what Polly did, when it comes down to it, it's my own stuff. Like what I'm feeling is because of something deep within me. By being open and speaking about what I'm feeling, where he's able to, to help me through my stuff in ways, or if I see something or if he's experiencing something, then I'm able to share with him 
what I have learned as well. And so it's kind of like we're, we're picking one another up. We're, we're assisting one another during our journeys and we're just being present to one another, listening to what is really taking place and helping each other work through our own stuff. And so it's, I mean, the love is, is so amazing just to <laughs> really be with someone that can love the way that we love one another instead of it being about, oh, it's me, 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 you know, just to really be present to one another's needs and our own personal needs. That's great. That's perfect. Polly, do you have something to add to that? How that looks for you? How you manage to take care of your self as an individual and then the two of you as a couple or if it just kind of naturally flows mm. you know it as as much as i have done my work this relationship quality is is new to me she holds me accountable where i've never had that before and i and the the acceleration of getting to know thyself, getting to know myself in this has has greatly increased, and I'm I, you know I'm kind of caught off guard because she's very encouraging, she sees me, and she gives me this sacred push, and I, and I gotta admit she she does push the envelope, but you know she does it in her sweet her sweet self, and so it it's it's great because I'm just on this like threshold, this wave of of learning. And it's it's uncomfortable, but it's fun and it and it's exhilarating and it's and it's challenging and it's not easy and it's easy and it's yeah I'm just I'm just blessed to to have Amy in my life to do as she does you know because she's learning a lot and on her path and she's taking what she's learning and applying it in our relationship and you know I, I I'm being vulnerable right now but I, I get annoyed but I'm present with that and like. I acknowledge that I'm annoyed and I and I tell her it's not your fault it's it's me and I'm working through it and 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 then like and then the annoyance dissipates and like and she's just patient with me and she can kind of see through that annoyance and realize it's not me annoyed and it's just me doing my work and so it's it's really it's really interesting dynamic and it's it's new and it's great I love the way you guys are describing some things that it's funny because I sit over here and I smile at Mario and I go, yeah, we do that. Yeah, we do that. There we are. <laughs> it's so funny. And you know, it's like, there's nowhere to hide, but there's no really wanting to hide either. It's like we see each other and we hold each other accountable and we hold ourselves accountable and we understand it's all a reflection back to me. So my problem is my problem, right? My, my irritability, my whatever. You just, right. you did a great job of describing all of that. <laughs> hmm. This is fun. I love doing this. What wants to be explored next? Well, I did want to share our daily practices. Like I kind of want to share like our daily practices, like what Great. we do. Yeah. Please do. Let's do that. Okay. <laughs> so Amy and I do daily practices and these daily practices evolve and change, but we do stick to them as much as we can. And I make up if I was I don't like being, being with each other. These, I think these daily practices stick more and we have like a morning daily practice where 
we do breath work and stretching and she opens up her mesa and she does her crystal bowl and we tone and it's it's either all those or a combo of depending on how fast I get up after my alarm to go to work and we also do um we also just kind of started doing a new thing that we in, that we introduced and that is we stare at each other we stare into each other's eyes silently and we just sit there and you know, really hold that silence as long as we can and kind of just briefly note internally what is popping up for us. And eventually it does turn into sharing our experience. So we just, and we're just, you know, we just let it organically unfold. And, but it's, it's really brought, brought a whole new dimension to our relationship just to stare at each other's eyes and really just, just sit down and kind of unplug from everything and really just be in each other's presence. And it really clears up a lot of stuff. It, it it's been it's been absolutely wonderful. And you know, if you identify with being a conscious couple or not, I I highly encourage and invite everyone listening to 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 stare at your partner, stare at your eye, your partner's eyes, and just see what comes up. It's it's really an interesting journey. It sure is. It's it's a tantra activity, actually. Mario and I oh, went to a tantra workshop, and that was one of the things they had us do. This was at a library, so we were basically just sitting in chairs across from each other and looking into each other's eyes and 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 sustaining that for as long as we comfortably could. And of course, the one of the things about the exercise was to speak when you're uncomfortable, to, you know, to speak your truth, whatever comes up for you. It is a very powerful exercise. Yeah. And then we have kind of nightly practices and, and I guess typically this ends up when we're both in bed underneath the covers, really minutes away from falling asleep and leave it to Amy to hold us accountable and, and to really bring up the questions. But you want to go over those questions you go over? Okay. So we always share our win for the day, what we're grateful for, what really took place in our day that was the win. And then another thing that I do is I, we like to set intentions for the following day because what takes place by setting intentions for the next day is during that dream work time, messages can come through as well. Not only is an intention set, but then there's a question that is asked. So each one of us has our own question that may come up. So whatever my intention is for the next day, I ask a what question to the universe. That way I'm able to receive whatever guidance during my dream work. So could I get you to maybe give it a quick example of an intention and what a question might be so we can understand how to put that together and invite our dream work and our next day to unveil? Yeah. So for me, um, especially with what's current in my life, I'm developing an online business and what my intention would be for tomorrow is what can I bring into this business that is sacred and fun? Um, or so the intention is to let the work be sacred and let it be fun and to help as many people and as much of as of life as possible. So then the question would be, what can I do? In what ways can I apply these tools and these practices that have changed my life 
into a format that others will understand and appreciate and have fun with. That was really helpful. Thank you. I know a lot of times things sound great in the abstract and then I sit down to do them and I'm like, well, how in the world does that look? So the examples are always really good. Thank you for sharing that. How do you define what you mean by the dream work? How does dream time support that for you? And then if Polly wants to weigh in on that too, I know you both do work with dream time. For me, just allowing whatever to take place. And what I've been doing, because I also, uh, with my intentions for the following day, I also like to post something. So my post actually come through with whatever takes place in my dream time, whatever messages I get, that comes through my following day. And so I just, whatever it is, I don't know what's going to take place, but there's always something that is meaningful to my life in some way. There's some sort of message that's attached with what the visions or what takes place in the dreams. Yeah. And for me, in making intentions and how they affect my dream work is that the intentions act like uh, a laser-like focus on something. And they also, it also kind of acts as a filter. So if we got me in one bubble and my dream in the other, that's one quality. But if I can throw up an intention between myself and the dream, I am now looking through the lens of the intention and it's going to shape my dream according to the intention. It's like, it's this, Every, you know, it's, you know, like the kind of the quote goes, ask, ask for, and it is given. If we call to the universe and make an intention, she will respond back. And the intention helps shape the images that I receive. And also what's really cool about doing the intention before I go to sleep, I've noticed that I actually, I actually kind of get them, I get, I like if I say, oh, okay, I'm going to go to the bank, like even just something simple as this, I'm going to go to the bank and I want to get this done by 10 a.m. Or like if I just go down the list and make my intention, I actually tend to get those things done better than I would if I never made the intention and just had a quick mental note saying, oh, this is what I need to get done. Something about saying the intention before I go to bed really seems to I don't know, like kind of solidify it in my mind enough to actually get it done the next day. And I've actually been getting a lot more things done if I make the intention the night before. It's pretty cool. That is cool. And from your shamanic training and reading, and I know you've done a lot with dream work, what do you believe is happening through your dreams? How is that actually interfacing with your real life or what we call, quote unquote, your real life, this life, your daily life? So I love to work with intentions before going to bed because I guess you can call it my unconscious or my higher self will know what I'm seeking and therefore it will meet me halfway with the images that have been shaped by the intention that I put out there. So of course I'll get dreams if I don't have an intention, but it's kind of it's more of a broad way to interpret those symbols but if i have an intention then the images that come back are shaped and catered to that intention essentially 
you're communicating with your higher self, your spirit guides, your angels, what that realm. You're you're communicating with the higher realm to get information that will benefit you. Right. And and interpreting those symbols and what they're trying to say to you. Right. And having an intention will help me focus in on where to go with when interpreting those images and symbols. That's cool. I know I'm going to do a lot more playing with that in the future. I just wanted to go a little deeper with that. It's a conscious couple series, but hey, conscious couples dream. We all dream. It, it was it needed oh, yeah. to be in there. So, <laughs> <laughs> Amy, did you have anything to add to that? Uh, you know, I think you said it beautifully. And I absolutely love <laughs> being with someone that cares about the wellness of their overall well-being. It's not only just taking in good, healthy food, but someone to share these practices with our morning routine and our evening routine, the growth that occurs by doing these, uh, these things, I don't even know what else to call them. Just it's beautiful. And to have that support to be able to support one another. Wow. (laughs) Just, wow. <laughs> that says it. Your wow. The energy in your wow. <laughs> well, I know that we're coming to a close here. So I will ask what I always like to ask, which is for a parting thought from each of you about conscious relationships, conscious coupling, your relationship, whatever comes to each of you to share. For me, I feel that by following the heart, And by facing our fears and just being present with what is, is a great place to start. And even though Polly and I have a conscious relationship, it doesn't mean that we don't have our challenges just like everyone else. We do. We're just able to approach them in a different manner. <laughs> yeah, definitely. In a more open and re- and self-reflective manner, right? I've noticed that's one trend is, oh yeah, that might be about me after all. Oh yeah, it's all about me, isn't it? <laughs> it's about yeah. you, it's about me, it's about we. How fun. Well, Polly, what about you? What parting thought might you leave us with? Mm. Well, what's what's coming up is it's very cliche and I want to share because I've heard it over and over again, but never really understood it. And that is, it's not about the destination, it's the journey. And what I take away from that is, is the journey is the destination. And with that clarity came a knowing that I was too serious and attached to the outcome. And when the outcome wasn't coming into fruition, I would get frustrated. And I realized that I just need to lighten up and have fun because it's the journey that's the destination. And it's the now where I can choose to have fun and to feel those feelings now as if this thing that I'm trying to get over there at the end of my destination, at the end of my journey, I can choose to have that feeling here now. And I don't have to wait till the journey is over to get to my destination. But the here, the now is the destination. And it, it's really helped me kind of just lighten up and, and just play again, just be childlike and play. That's just priceless, isn't it? I love it. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> I and love it. It's very cliche. And it's funny how, you know, 
I believe we live in an infinite world and that infinity is expressed in fractals and those fractals are seen in nature. And it just makes sense that I have to hear something over and over and over again to, <laughs> till I get it. And then there's more to be got from that. You know, it, the rabbit hole, the rabbit hole doesn't really end. And I think that that rabbit hole image is, is a beautiful expression of our fractal infinite reality. Yeah, it sure is. Thank you both so much for taking the time to be with us and for sharing your joy and your love and your lessons and your insights. It's been a real pleasure to have you on the show. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you, you so much <laughs> for having us on. We are honored and uh, we look forward to sharing with others more and bringing community together. And we'll see you there. Play and have fun. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Would you like to be a guest on Exploring Possibilities? Drop me a note at info at journeyofpossibilities.com. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on Exploring Possibilities.